Hey, Matt, let's tell our six listeners, or are we up to seven now? I'm not sure, about our new recording buddy, Riverside FM, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Yep, Riverside FM lets you record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a 1,000 miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. And it's as easy to use as that meeting app everyone usually uses for recording, but has much higher quality audio and video. And they have a mobile app, so guests can connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for the final girl of recording platforms for podcasts, webinars, and other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. That's S-H-I-P-I-T to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. The podcast you are about to listen to is an account of the movies which befell a group of horror fans. In particular, Tara Garwood and her intrepid friend, Matt Lolich. Had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected although they would have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as we are to see in those movies. For them, an idyllic summer movie became a nightmare, and they loved it. The movies that they watched were to lead to the creation of one of the most terrifying podcasts in the annals of American history. The Scary Movie Project. Hey, everybody, this is the Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about scary movies. I'm Tara. And hello, I am Matt. (laughs) The enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult, I hate them, and her demon biker henchmen, propelling a man into a spiraling, surreal rampage of vengeance in the 2018 horror action drug-induced film Mandy, the, the three of those Mandy. cover what that movie is. Is that is that all three of those things? I think that I one? think that hits hits most of the wickets. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Revenge. Revenge fantasy. Revenge. Yes. Revenge eh? is very good. Um, it's also a bit post-apocalyptic. As the guy in Seinfeld once said, "Revenge is very good." Yes. Yes. Re- revenge. Revenge is, is good. good. Best served, what was that? Uh, Revenge is a dish, best served uh, cold. Cold, there we go, best served cold. I don't cold. know who said that, I just know the line. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah, no idea yeah, who said that. It's got a bit of uh, end of the world vibe to it, although I don't think so, but it feels that way, doesn't it? It, 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 I'll talk, I'll talk about what I think later Do you want to know, after we go through it. I'm going to make a bizarre comment, and it just came to my head right now, and this may, may not make sense. Ooh, do it. make sense to anyone else on the planet but me. I feel, did anyone feel like you were watching Masters of the Universe when you watched? Do you remember that movie in the 80s? <laughs> it was like the He-Man movie with Dolph Lundgren. He-Man, Skeletor, uh-huh. yeah. I don't know how, how, how to explain that to you, any of you listening to this, but I felt like that, this movie reminds me of that in some bizarre way. I, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I can see some elements. 
especially um, once the revenge part starts. Guys, did we mention this is a revenge movie? No. <laughs> revenge, <laughs> revenge, revenge, revenge. Um, okay, so this was directed by Panos Cosmatos. I have no idea if I'm saying that right or if that's his real name or not. No clue. Yeah, I don't know him. But uh, he also did a movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is supposed to be pretty trippy, too. The name like um, that. I, yeah. Yeah. And then and he wrote this with this guy, Aaron Stewart, on. So that's the director and writer. And um, I have nothing else to tell you about them other than that. There you go. Yeah, I don't know anything that's about him. That's who did it. I don't think I know anything about him either. But uh, um, yeah. We don't even know how to say his name. So no, think, <laughs> there I, we go. I think you were correct. You think I said it right? Okay, so. good. Sounds right. Good. That's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna say it. We're going with that. All right. Um write us if we're wrong. <laughs> Let us Please, know. Yes. Um so this opens with a quote that goes, When I die, bury me deep, lay two speakers at my feet, put some headphones on my head, and rock and roll me when I'm dead. I I think I, I, a lot of people could agree with that. Um quote for when they die maybe huh that's not bad and i'm not gonna lie i forgot to look up what that's from but it is from something oh yeah it's it's from something guys it's from there you go we did a lot of our work today we did all the research we needed to do we're we're prepared we're ready to go i don't even care what it's a cool quote i don't care it's a cool quote it's a super cool quote it's just good um and then we we go to the song uh starless by king crimson from their 1974 album Red. How about that? As we are f- doing a nice forest flyover with the credits. So we're like straight into the credits as soon as we go to that quote. Um, and that forest flyover was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah, very pretty movie. Some beautiful shots there. So clearly we're in we're in the wide woods. And uh, then we see some machines gathering the, lumber. The uh, Shadow Mountains, by the way. The Shadow Mountains. There Which we go, is and in, that's uh, far part of California, very close to Las Vegas, actually. There we go. I so believe that's where it's supposed to be. They didn't have to travel very far from LA to record this, no. I guess. Um, well, it's not that. So, it, well, remember, it's at Eastern. This, the Shadow Mountains are Eastern California, so it's a bit of a trek. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's not like no, it's not, not like, like go going to, to the Dakota other side of the country right. or right. going to another country. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Nick Cage, who plays the character Red, is uh, out there. He's a lumberjack. A logger. A logger. <laughs> I don't either one, yeah. Is that are they the same thing? Yeah, this is I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. So he's he's a, a lumberjack slash logger. Yes. Um and uh then we have we next shot is we see this woman who's waking who's uh smoking up and drawing and she does some cool art Two and things that uh, go well together. He's he's heading home, and we hear. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but Ronald Reagan is on the radio. Yeah, and what's he talking? What's he talking to be talking about? So, something about America. I don't remember exactly yeah. what he's saying, but it's that definitely means it's got to be set in the eighties. Well, yes, because we'll keep going though. But yeah, because he's talking, and then well, then we go to the Shadow Mountains, and it says nineteen eighty three A.D. So. I like this, but I knew it before it went to yes. the date. <laughs> Unless he, maybe he was listening to a YouTube video of Ronald Reagan. Who knows? Anyway. Um, yeah, that's true. He could have been. Yes, because, you know, that's a big popular YouTube listening deal. Um, yeah. The, I, I really like these cool title scenes. With this, yes, the with, titles are neat, and there's, fonts. like, different sections of the movie, and I each section gets a really title. I think that's really cool. 
I like that it's a lot. It's very, yeah, it's yep. very neat. I think it makes it feel more like, more like an epic sort of mm-hmm. adventure. Yeah, I thought that was um, very neat. Well, it's, so I mean, what's a film in a three now? Three, you know, beginning, middle, end. If you want to keep it that yeah. simple, so there you go. And they actually do that, right? Yeah. So he, so he gets home, and uh, the woman who we had seen earlier is his wife, Mandy. Yeah. And then they're in bed, and the oh my god, the light. One of my favorite things about this movie is the lighting. Mm, yeah. That they do, like they have these cool, like red and blue lights playing over their faces, and they're talking about. She's been reading this book um, about astronomy and they're talking about their favorite planets. And she's like, well, my favorite planet is, I think she says Saturn. She's like, what's yours? And he says the same one. But then he he jokes and he says, no, my favorite planet is Galactus, which you know what Galactus is, right? It's it's the villain from the Marvel comics that eats planets. Oh, is that? Okay. It's like a big, like... I'm sure I've heard. I just don't remember. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's a Marvel Comics villain. Okay. And that's it, and good. It that's a good, that's planets. A good little. Uh, um, so she's obviously like very smart and knows all this stuff about astronomy. And he's like you making Marvel Comics jokes. So right. it's it's cute. It's a very cute no, little they, moment. No, they, they clearly could get along. Very, yeah. Yeah. It's very cute. But so then they go to the shot of the night sky with these crazy reddish clouds, which I is know, like. Right? That's awesome. Oh, like amazing. I want to. I, I would like to live there. Yes, I know. And then, so this is like, this section of the movie is kind of, I feel like, honestly, this might be my favorite section of the movie, right? Because mm-hmm. it's very dreamy. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. And kind of romantic. In, oh, yeah. But like, oh, yeah. but, but very weird and not, not normal. And so next is Red's out in a boat fishing. And then he's like at his campfire and Mandy just comes out. And she might be naked. I couldn't tell. Like it showed her shoulders and I couldn't tell. (laughs) Um, So then the next morning, like she's walking through the forest and she finds a dead baby deer and cries. And like, it's just all these like moments from their life. Right. So then they're on the couch that are watching TV. Like Red says, maybe they should move away, but she says she likes it there. Right. And then she tells them this story. Oh yeah. Yeah. About her dad and how, when she was young, um, there was like, they found a baby starling and her dad came out and, and took a baseball bat, I think, they, and showed all, all of her friends the, all the how to kill a, them. Take a whack at it, basically. It's like, it was like yeah, a pinata almost for, you know, yeah, God. He had yeah, every kid take a whack at this baby starling. she was starling. like, no, I ran away or something, right? Or whatever. And she ran away. Right. Yeah. She, all the kids did it. And when it came her turn, she just ran away. Right. And it's like, which talking, is just it's so, this trippy, it's this trippy, like scene with this just weird ass music going on and everything's just like, mm-hmm this quiet, warm feeling you have. Like, you could just, like, fall asleep watching that scene. Yeah, but it's right. but that story is, like, I feel like it just says a lot about her. She's, yeah, she's gentle, and, yeah. she's, and she's kind. And, and then, you know, when she finds the bed, dead baby deer and she's crying, like, she's just a very, like, sensitive, kind person. Does it remind you of um, the um, Silence of the Lamb scene, which Jodie Foster's character is talking about the lamb that she finds? Remember? <gasps> Oh, right. yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So then, okay, then next, the next, and I have to mention this, it has nothing to do with anything, but Mandy is reading a book. Yeah. And her bookmark is a dollar, dollar bill, bill. Yeah. Which is something that, like, I swear to God, like, only true readers do. I've <laughs> like, definitely seen people do that. You will, if you're really a reader, like, anything is a bookmark. Yeah. 
<laughs> anything that you that. that you need that you have to hand when you're in the middle of your book and have to stop and are like, oh shit, I don't have a bookmark. Either that, or anything could be a bookmark. You got a dog here or clip down or uh, fold down the page, right? No, oh no. Oh, people do that all the time. No, you're a dog ear. I, I don't, but people do. Oh, no, I don't. Matt, I don't. No. Okay, good. I'm glad you don't. Nope. No, I mean, I'm glad you it don't. It ruins the book, obviously, but I mean, that's like a quick. I mean, people do it all the time. And go, go read a book from the library and look how many dog-eared pages are in the book, right? But I think people who are—I don't know—maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my maybe our our five listeners will get mad at me, no. but I think people who like really truly love books, like you, don't want to dog-ear that page. Like it, it, it. I don't. It's painful. I use my business. <laughs> I, I use my business card as my bookmark. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That way, if it falls out, at least somebody might see your work. That's right. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's all on purpose, of course, yes. So the book she's reading is called Seeker of the Serpent's Kiss. I, I love and they Which zoom is in on not that, a real book. They zoom in. It, it, it's, it's like the Fabio books or something you, you almost think about, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's <laughs> definitely like some like crazy fantasy book. Like, right. And, but it's this is not a real book that exists, so don't go looking for it like I did I, with I the didn't, I didn't even the bother. script I, yeah, that I assumed it was I assumed it was phony. I did this when I was a kid with the total sidebar, but with the um the movie Labyrinth, she's <sighs> reading the the oh, play God, script I out love loud. Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, but she's reading the play yes. to herself out on yes. the like out in the park, and I I must have spent like two years trying to find that play in my library when I was a kid. Right? I was always looking for it and trying to figure out like what it was called and like what oh it might goodness. be. Cause I thought it would be called labyrinth. And then I was like always looking for it. And I, I, by the way, I'm more than happy to talk labyrinth on this, on this program. Anytime that movie's amazing. I haven't seen it oh, in so long. I love oh that movie. Goodness. I love oh, who that, doesn't love movie. that movie. I mean, that's it's it's got a it's got a little bit of horror element to it. Goblins, we could maybe make it it's, make it swing in there. I mean, yeah, but just the yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a great movie. It's it's, it's worth discussing anyway. Movie. If you haven't seen it, guys, see it. It's oh, so please good. See Labyrinth, yes. It's such a good movie. Anyways, so Seeker of the Serpent's Kiss, not a real book. Don't no. go looking for it. You will not find it. Um, and then so she's walking in the woods, and this group drives past. Yeah. And uh, they're in. It's like a group in like a, a old van, old van. Yeah. Um, or they're in a camper. Uh, no, I think they're in a. No, van. it's a van. Yeah, it's a van. Yeah, a van. they're in like a big van. And I noticed when they drive past, and it cuts back to her. There's this like it goes into slow mo and then and freeze it cuts frame. To her a couple times, once, twice, three times. Yeah, that was a weird edit. They did, but, but it, it goes into neat. this slow-mo and then it freeze frames on her like like they do in 80s horror films. Mm-hmm, sure. Um it made me think of the first girl who gets killed in in um in the flashback in Friday the 13th. Okay. Remember they kill the boy sure, in the loft and then they go to kill her and it's slow it, it mm-hmm. does slow-mo and then freeze frame. So yeah, they yeah. did that like same thing here. But she wasn't getting killed. She was just no. being seen by right. these people. They would notice it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and I noticed, too, the the boy who's in the passenger seat, he's like, I don't know, he's like a teenager or a young adult. Like, he's younger than the rest of them. He kind of reminds me of, um, of what's his name from Children of the Corn. Uh, who Isaac? does Outlander? Oh, we have your woman. Ma- your favorite movie, uh, Children of the My Corn? My favorite movie, Children of the Corn. Yeah. But this, this guy... 
Malachi. This guy reminds yeah. me of Malachi kind of. It was weird. Okay. I was he doesn't have the red hair, but right. there was something in his face that I was like, he looks like Malachi. Okay. So okay, so the next title of the next section of the movie is Children of the New Dawn. Yes. And uh basically it starts there's this guy Jeremiah and he's the leader of, of the I mean, Children that, of the New Dawn. Isn't, isn't that a perfect name for that, right? Right, of course. <laughs> Jeremiah is the leader of cults. Right. Like in well, that's the kid's name in in um Children of the Corn again, no, isn't it? No, it's um um no not Jeremiah. It's uh I'm blanking right now. I'll think of it in a second. No, what is it? Anyways, but it is a good cult leader name. Oh, it's a great name. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great cult leader name. Yes. Um, so there's this old woman. He's being a dick to her. And then he calls him Brother Swan. He tells him that he wants the girl that they saw. Right. Take. Yeah, you must. And he's like, oh, bro, Jeremiah, of course. Yes, no problem. Yeah, like, of course. Of course. Right. Totally. And then he asks him, do you have the horn of Braxis? Who doesn't? I mean, it's it's. I have you one gotta in my have living room. A horn of Braxis, right? Yeah, it's in my living room. So, um, he, um, Brother Swan, holds it up to Jeremiah to show him. There's this like green flashing light on it. Crazy. And then they decide between them that they're gonna offer up the fat guy who's one of their yeah. That was like let's just give this too. fat kid over here. That'll be great. Yeah, they're like let's just give him to them too. Oh, and we're that like was so like like oh bizarre they're giving people to somebody. Okay. Here we go. So. I guess so. So then um, a young girl in the cult is sent in. I think her name is Sister Lucy, I, I think may, they said. Yeah, I think so. That, that um, right. She's sent in and she closed the door behind her. And I, you could sort of tell there was going to be some some hanky-panky going mm, on there. That's right. Um, and then we cut to the store where Mandy is working. Yep. Um, I couldn't tell if it was like a thrift shop or like just – um, general store, a convenience store, like a general store or something. It's yeah, it was very, something like that. Like scaled down general store, from what I could. Okay, That's it's it yeah. Like. So, so she's working in the general store, and right. the old woman from the cult comes in. Yep, yep. And she's talking to her, and she's like, "Oh, you live around here." And Mandy tells her so they live nice to live here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and and yeah, where does she say they live by? <laughs> down near Crystal Lake. Yep, I love that. That's so ah, great. So good. I'm so they put that could have been. For all we know, that was a total accident, and to this day, the director still doesn't realize that. Or, yeah, or he was just like, "I have to put this in there." I don't. know. It could have. It could. It totally could have been. I don't know, but it was a great. nod. Who knows? Yep, thought that was awesome. Um, so the woman buys her stuff. She acts all creepy. She's been acting all creepy, and then she just leaves. She's weird. Um, and, she's and then like the trying cult... to get her out of the store. She's like, "That'll be five dollars. Like, leave now." Yeah, get she's out. like, "Okay, <laughs> see ya." So the cult is in their van and they're on the road and they're waiting for Mandy to come past. Um, you know, and they're like, are you sure this is the way where she's coming or whatever? So they're waiting for her to come past. And Brother Swan gets out of the van and he blows the horn of Braxis. Yes. Mm. And um, this ATV gang shows up. They're, <laughs> they're like, they're they're not on motorcycles. They're on ATVs. Right. Um. And their outfits are so scary and they're pretty like scary, freaking guys. dope, man. Yeah, they're, they're they're fairly frightening. If I saw them, I would probably be scared. Yeah, I and they are. This seems to be so. This seems to be who they called with the horn is this ATV gang, yep, yep. and they are like definitely not normal humans. Mm, no, if at all. Yeah, if 
well, yeah, they're they're just they're humanoid, hmm. but they're definitely not like regular humans. No. There's something something wrong, something not quite off right there. Them yeah, boys, something not quite right. Them yeah. boys ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> them boys ain't right. And they say one of them says blood for blood. Right. Um, we'll get to it later. There's a lot of this weird um, effects on the on people's voices in this movie, which I thought was yes. They, yeah, they have weird like gravelly, like digital put uh, you know video game almost effects. Yeah, just it. very strange voices. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to Red and Mandy. They're watching an old sci-fi movie, and they they go to sleep. I forgot to check what sci-fi movie it was. Oh yeah, well, I forget. So they go to sleep, and um, the gang is in the woods outside their cabin, and there's these blue flashing lights, and then suddenly the gang is inside. Like, like no no traveling from one place nope, to the next. They just They're just there. Hop in and out. And they take the fat guy away. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> they, sh- they take him right away, they and sure they put do. a sack over Mandy's head. And then, like, next thing you know, she's sitting at the kitchen table with the women in the cult. And they put a drop in her eye and they, oh my God, they pull out that oh, huge okay. giant wasp. That was a bizarre, then once uh, she puts the eyedropper in it, then she, then she takes a, like a, like a suck on the eyedropper. Remember the woman that does it to her? That oh, was I didn't even weird. notice that she sucked that, on the oh, eyedropper. That's weird. So she goes in and she, she's pulling something off the stove that's boiling, I guess. Yeah. And she drops it in her eye and then she takes the eyedropper. And like licks on it, like a spoon, like I, like it would have like Ugh. you know cake mix on it. So I think it's, a, I think that's a drug, and yeah, then the yeah, wasp be. must be too, because they take the wasp yeah, and they right. sting her in the that, neck with it. That was so gross. That wasp uh, it was that, so disgusting. Yeah, that was that was gnarly. Um, and everything goes blurry, like all so all the like yeah. shots after that go blurry. Yeah, she's and all they take her to up. everyone else, and Jeremiah is talking her, and he says, and and this is one that. Probably not a lot of people are going to get, but he says, look at me. Tell me, what do you see? And that is a line from an R. Scott Baker series, um, from a fantasy series by, okay. by R. Scott Baker. There you go. So Good. Which if you're I'm an sure. R. Scott Baker reader, Which there's I'm a little, sure. I'm sure there's they, a little yeah. uh, a line in here for you. I'm sure that was deliberate. I'm guessing because he's done a lot of like sci-fi oh, yeah. fantasy no, sure. sort of nods here sure sure. um so then jeremiah turns on the music which we find out later is is his music but he turns on this like goofy music and he's like dancing carpenters or something and he's talking he's talking to her and this is another another part that i love when he's talking to her right in her face and they have a close-up of him and it does this really slow fade from him to her oh and the face and then is morphed back to him oh my and then god back, that was disturbing and then back to her and then back to him it's really that eerie was disturbing and so cool though yes yeah that it was, was super cool oh, so man, that was yeah. like this is a <laughs> that shot gross. alone is worth the price of admission you guys it's so, so wild if whatever you all listeners are fans of lsd and anything psychedelic please watch this. You won't need to take anything. You can just watch the movie. Yeah, no, just you. watch that scene. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> that you'll was be, wild. You'll be tripping. For sure. Um, so he wants to sleep with her, and he undoes his robe, and he's naked underneath. Sure And is. she asks him if the song about him, the song is about him. Like, did you make this song about yourself? And he's like, yeah, I did. And she 
just cracks up at him. And she's like so messed up from whatever she took, but she still, it's like, just starts laughing at this guy. I love it. Yeah. She's, she just laughs like crazy at him. And then he basically acts like a six year old after that. Oh yeah. He gets so angry. Unbelievable. Um, and so then we cut to red and red wakes up chained to a tree outside their cabin. And Jeremiah comes out with brother Swan and sister Lucy. We're just going to call her Lucy, whether that's actually her name or not. I think think it it is. Yeah. Um, and he makes Lucy play Russian roulette Just to show Red how much she loves the him. Barrel and puts the oh man, that was wild. Yeah, and then, oh. and then um, they like show him they have the tainted blade of the pale knight mm. straight from the abyssal lair, uh-huh. and that is a Dungeons and Dragons reference okay. for my fellow geeks out there. There you go. Yeah, this um, was stuff I sure. Didn't know if it was made up by the cat, by the production crew, or if it was real. I had no idea. No yeah, idea. that's a Dungeons and Dragons reference. Pale right. Knight is the mother of demons and an abyssal lord. Okay, cool. So bro. that's good. It's the tainted blade of the Pale Knight, straight from the abyssal lair. So it's D and D stuff. Okay. Um, oh, and the knife. I don't know if you noticed this. It has an eye on the hilt. I did not. Oh, it's so cool. Like that. it has an eye, like right yeah, at maybe, the center of the I hilt. Did. Maybe I did. Okay. It's right. really cool. Um, so Jeremiah stabs stabs Red, oh, right. and they bring Mandy side, right? out. Yeah. yeah, like in his side, and they terrible. bring out. They set up like this. Um, I don't know what you would call it. They set up like so. It's like a, a stick on top of two legs. So it's not like a, it's it's not like a gallows. Per se. No, but, yeah, but sort of. Yeah, yeah, sort of like a gallows. For lack and of a they and they bring Mandy out lo- like in a sleeping bag. Yeah. You and they hang her up from it and they just set her on fire. What is what does the guy say? The big the darker the whore, the more she burns. The brighter she burns or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That was weird. Oh. And it's so it, part of what f- was so freaky to me about that scene was that rather than going for the, like, we're going to do the all the, you know, um, special effects of, like, her skin burning and stuff, they right. have her in the sleeping bag, but the sleeping bag is, like, jerking around. Yes. And, like, and like bending and, like... It's terrifying. Jerk. It's really terrible. Oh, man, I can't... Yeah, that's... Wow. It's really bad. So they, they set her on bag, fire. Sleeping bag deaths in this movie... And then I told you guys before about Jason oh, yeah. killing the person in the sleeping bag in one of the Friday the 13th. So yeah. watch out for sleeping bags. You I might, did see die. that. I haven't seen that that Friday the 13th um, yeah. yet, but I have seen the sleeping bag yep. death. So sleeping bags, you may die. So after they set her on fire, they just they just leave. They just dip. Yeah, they're done. And yeah. um, It's very good. They're, they're just like, yeah, we're out of here. We're gone. Yeah, and then finally Red gets free, and he, like, cradles Mandy's charred head in his hand and, like, cries. Yeah, her skull is just, oh, my God, that was crazy. And Yeah, it's, like, her charred skull, and it Ooh. crumbles and blows away. Yeah, right, it's, like, perfectly done. Like, yeah, it, it sums it up, right. And so here's, I love this part, though. He goes back inside, and the TV is on, and there's this ridiculous Cheddar Goblin mac and cheese commercial love on. Love it, love that. I wish, I wish that was which, a real commercial. Well, maybe it was a real commercial. I don't know. Well, so my husband watched this with me and he found the full commercial. Oh, nice. Okay. So it is not a real commercial. It was directed um, for the movie by this guy. Well, I don't think it's a real commercial, but it was directed by this guy, Casper Kelly. Okay. 
who worked in a bunch of cartoon TV shows. Um, like he did an Adult Swim show, and he did. Okay. Um, what's that one? Squid Squidbilly. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, he's done some cartoon TV shows, um, written did, and directed did, and produced. That, that's cool. And he did the commercial. That's so I cool. think it was made for the movie, though. Okay. Um, awesome. It is a hilarious commercial. It I will find funny. the link and put it in the show notes, you guys. It's so it's funny. funny. He's, he's watching, and he almost seems like he's interested in the ad, even though all these awful things have just happened in his life. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes. So he goes to sleep, and he dreams of Mandy dying as a cartoon. Right. And then he starts drinking. Like and and he had refused to drink earlier in the movie from one of his one of his lumberjack slash logger friends. Oh, okay. So he may so I think maybe he was actually sober mm. until this happened. Okay. And so he like goes I think he's in the bathroom yeah. and he's like got He has a meltdown. Got a bottle of vodka or whatever, yeah. and he's like screaming and crying and drinking. It is it is like top notch Nick Cage. It is it is what Nick Cage does, well, you guys. I mean, what's my favorite this movie crazy. from him in that same level? I remember uh, leaving Las Vegas? That movie's unbelievable. If oh, that I, movie's fantastic, I hope you guys yeah. have seen that because he plays an alcoholic who drinks himself, who's drinking himself to death in that movie. So yeah, yeah. I mean that's a so pretty he, accurate description of. I mean, he of, screams and he cries and he drinks feel. for a while. Right. And um, the next day he goes to see a dude in a trailer home to get his crossbow. And my first thought is he has a crossbow. Uh, (laughs) I mean, why does he have a crossbow that he left with this guy? Safekeeping. What's going? Yeah, but (laughs) why? Like, what is his background that we, that we know nothing about that? He just casually owns a crossbow and leaves it with some dude. Oh, and the guy has all the guy has the cutest bulldog. Mm. He's so cute. Right. Um, and Red tells him about the attacks. This guy, whose name I don't remember getting, but he, he yeah, tells the guy about if, the attacks. I don't remember if he even said his name. And the what? guy says, they're black skulls. Yeah. He says, they're the black skulls. There have been stories about them recently. He says, apparently they were couriers for an LSD manufacturer who made a special batch for them because he didn't like them. And they've never been right since. Yeah, because they, they they went on a bad trip and they all they've been jacked up. They're all jacked up now, right? Yeah, right. So then we cut to probably the coolest sequence in the whole movie: mm. Red forging his totally oh, sick man. axe. So please, how do I? Can I like go like on an online course and like learn how to do this so I can make my own axe like that? Please, how does how does one go about learning this skill? I say just. <laughs> I say just somebody else make me one. Uh, no, I would like to do this. So what's that TV show? Forged in Fire, right? Isn't that some where they make uh, these things? I think. Isn't that right? I, I, I do I know so. a guy who makes um, stage combat weaponry. He's a blacksmith up in Baltimore. I will so one. <laughs> maybe I can hook you up. You can learn from him. I have uh, a rapier. Dude, that thing. I have he... a rapier that he forged um, that... because I, when I was in theater, I used to do a lot of stage combat. That axe, yeah, that thing he makes is pretty sweet. That thing is amazing. Yeah, it's dope. And oh apparently, apparently it is an homage to the logo of this Swiss metal band, Celtic Frost. Sounds like a death metal band. Would I be yeah, I don't about know. that? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm sorry, you, I'm what, not... What, what country did you say it's from? Swiss. Oh, it's a, yeah, the... the any, any metal band from Europe or Scandinavia then is Then they're is just death, death metal. metal. Yes. 
Okay, I'm they're sorry just straight up a, death metal. Um, just broad stroke there, but I'm fairly certain it's pretty much a death metal band. Okay, I mean, I believe it. That's yeah. That thing you. he makes is amazing. So, um, so yeah, you know, he's a very skilled guy. He's a he's a he's a logger, and clearly, he's like some sort of blacksmith, obviously. Well, and and a crossbowman. Yes, and a raging I mean, alcoholic. He's, yeah, and a, he's he's really good at drinking. Uh. Um, so Red rides out. Oh no, sorry. Right after he forges the asks, we see the next segment of the film's title. And it just says Mandy in the most like gothic y font and it's like growing, growing out. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really neat. Yeah, the roots grow out. Very cool. And that is the first time in the whole movie that we see the film title. You know what? I had this quick It's not in the opening credits. I had this hilarious moment to myself. Where I was, th- I was watching it. I was thinking, if I was the biggest jerk on earth, I would just end the movie right there. <laughs> just like, the title. Boom, we're Mandy. done. We're done. We're done. The audience, what the hell just happened? Right. Well, okay. So that was probably about an hour and a half into the movie, which is how long the movie should have been. Uh, you know what? You make a good point on both of those. I, I would. This say. movie is so long. It's not so long, but it's definitely long. Yes. It's like it's, it's a it's, good two and a half exact, hours. I think it's exactly two hours. No, no, yeah, it's it is. Longer, isn't no, it's it's it, it's like two oh one. Oh, it's so long. Yeah, it's it just long. feels long. It's long. Um, anyway, so we see the film title finally, and Red, Red rides out. Um, and he hides on the side of the road, like the he's in his car, and he he parks his car, and he hides on the side of the road, and the black skulls come. And he shoots one of them, and then he drives straight for the one that fell. But when he hits him, his car flips over. Yeah, right. That's that's pretty intense. Um, and so then he's like knocked out, and we see man. He sees Mandy in cartoon form again while he's out, and he wakes up chained to a radiator. Yeah. And the black skull comes in and slices his chest, and he says, "Yes, that was my favorite shirt, man." Yep, love that. And then while the black skull, while it's intimidating him, like standing over him being like scary. Oh, black skully. He gets a loose pipe free and he whacks it until it falls into the like falls. Oh, into the there's like this pit in front mm-hmm. of him for yeah. whatever reason. What so is. it falls into the pit and he gets himself loose. And there's another black skull watching porn in the living room. Yes. And he attacks it and they fight. And dude. It pukes blood in his face as it dies. Like all, just like buckets of it. Like just bleh. buckets of it. It's so gross. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah it's pretty it gross. just pukes blood all over his face. Then the first black skull comes back and it shoots at him, but it misses and he breaks its neck. And then he finds his axe and crossbow. And does he yell at him again about ripping his shirt? Like yes, he does. he does. Yeah, he yells at him again about ripping, yeah, about his favorite shirt. shirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, which someone, I saw this, someone online noticed, and I did not notice it, but someone else did. I don't remember who it was that I saw it from, but that they, that that shirt later on, we see like some flashbacks and it may have been the shirt that he was wearing when he first met Mandy. Wasn't she wearing that same shirt in one of the scenes? The the, the 44, number 44 t-shirt? Like I think she might've been wearing it too. Yeah. 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 So I think it's his favorite shirt and I think he might be the shirt he met her in okay and he would like let her wear it anyways sure. anyways anywho so he breaks the the 
the Blackstall's neck. He finds his axe and crossbow in the room. And then he finds this jar of something. Oh, man. Why would and he, he decides he's going to take a taste. I mean, you know what? I don't really have words for that. I just I don't know what to say about that. Except that Who does that? Uh, he does. Who just finds a jar of weird shit but, and is like, let me taste it. I'll tell you what. That's um, if you're into that, that's a uh, that's pretty gnarly. That's pretty awesome because that stuff gets you jacked up in about oh, a millisecond. He loses his ever living mind. Liquid, liquid, uh, you know, LSD. I guess right. It's liquid LSD. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's wild. Yeah, it's um, it's he, and I think well, we'll see this later. But I think that it is the LSD that was that was given to the black skulls that made them what they are. It could be. So, um, yeah, I think it is. That's wild. Now the third black skull is outside and he shoots it with his crossbow and it pulls the bolt out of its neck. Yeah. And so he, he grabs his ax and he starts fighting it with his ax. And they have this huge long fight in where he like finally kicks it into the fire and cuts its head off. Yep. That was awesome. And then he finds a cigarette in the ground, lights it in the fire, right, right, and smokes it. I mean, throughout this movie, it's you know it's, it's certainly not funny subject matter, but there are some funny moments. Like that part's funny, or we're yeah. talking about you ripped my shirt. Um, yeah, I just, there's a couple just funny, you know. Yeah, that's in, my favorite in, in the shirt. Movie. Right. And um, so now he has one of the Black Skull's ATVs. So he goes and he finds the LSD maker, the cook who. Who they call, yeah, they call isn't him the chemist. They, isn't what they call a uh, guy who makes, like, uh, math like a cook, they call him, right? I guess so. They right. they call him in the movie, they call him the chemist. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, that's, um, that's fine. That makes, and that is um, Richard Brake, who is in a couple of Rob Zombie's movies. Oh, wonderful. He's in uh, Halloween 2, and he's in the movie uh, 31. Which, aren't we watching a Rob Zombie movie pretty soon? Oh, yes, we are. A little teaser there. I don't believe he is in that film, though, but he is in two others by him. He's a good Uh, actor. He will be missed. He's a good actor. So he's making the little, like, LSD stamps with his hands just in the liquid. And he has a tiger. And he has a tiger. And the tiger (laughs) is named Lizzie. Yes. And apparently, it was originally supposed to be a lizard. Okay. Interesting. Makes sense. Which I guess is why its name is Lizzie. I was going to ask if it's named after Lizzie Borden, but okay, either way. No, I think it's because it was originally supposed to be a lizard. That's pretty funny. So he's, and he says something about how like the, the, the tiger, Lizzie. When she, when she's calm, it's all good. When she's calm, it's all good. Yeah. When Lizzie's calm, it's all good. I know it's good or something like that. Yeah. And so he lets the tiger out and it just walks out. It just leaves. Yeah. We don't see the tiger. So there we go. There's the tiger, tiger cameo. And um, I thought this scene was weird because the chemist just talks <laughs> at Red. Yeah. Oh man, they did you wrong, man. It's like and Red, but and Red never answers or no, says he, well, anything, but he acts like he did because he's he ate the liquid LSD and his mind is on brain is on fire right now. <laughs> but he knows everything that Red would have said. Like he, it's I know, cool. I know, I know it is. It's it, it's wild. And he says to Red, and I love this part. He says. You exude a cosmic darkness. Yes, yes. That it, there is again. That's another funny moment in the movie, right? Yeah, and then he tells Red North. So yep. Red drives yep. north. That's right. But his ATV gets stuck in the mud, so he starts walking, and he dreams of cartoon Mandy again. Mm-hmm. And this time, she pulls like a 
big emerald out of a dead monster's belly. Yeah. And this, um, I'm told, is a nod to the glowing green orb that is featured in 1981's Heavy Metal. You know, I have never seen that movie. I feel terrible so, saying that because it's a classic, wh- I think. I have not either, but my yeah. husband has. And okay. so... No, it's so, supposed to be very good. It's, yeah, so this, it's apparently from that. Okay, um, cool. So another nod there. Good. I like that, yep. yep. And he finds the cult's very hidden away church house. It's in like the end of like a ravine. Did it remind you of the uh, la- building at the end of Midsummer a little bit? With that A, with the A, the, the yeah, A-frame? a little bit, yeah. The shape of it, yeah. The A-frame yeah. style, yeah. So they're driving away from the churchy house, and they go right over some caltrops that he's dropped in the road. And Brother Swan gets out of the van, and Red just kills him, like quickly dispatches and him. And it's pretty awesome because he just he takes the end of his of the axe he made, and he sticks yeah. it in his mouth. And drives it through his mouth to the back of his head, which is pretty awesome. Yes, because it's yeah. got a, bl- it's got like a, yeah, a like a pike blade, like like you would have on an old, like a, like soldiers would have on a pike. It's like a dagger on one end and an axe on the other. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Exactly. And he and so he, yeah, he drives it through the back of his head. And then he lets the other Lucy woman. He let he lets her live. He doesn't mess with he, her. He does because I think he can tell that she's just brainwashed, a victim, really. Yeah. Um, and then he heads towards the churchy house to get the rest of them. Yep. And he gets the teenage boy with a flying axe while he's washing a car. Yeah, that was great. The teenage boy is washing the car, not, not red. (laughs) Then he grabs a chainsaw and finds one of the other cult members. This is probably the longest fight in the whole thing. Yep. Because the other guy has a chainsaw that's like even longer than his. When he pulls that, that. I started laughing, and all I could think it's about was huge. All I could think about was well, one like the whole phallic symbol meaning of it all, really. I suppose, which I thought. Was I funny. see your Schwartz is as big right. as mine. But I was thinking, why did one of the Chainsaw Massacre sequels ever have him with a giant saw like that? This thing is like a seven foot chainsaw. I love it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so big. So they chainsaw fight. Red wins. Sure does. Uh, and uh, that oh, and the chainsaw way, fight. How about the way he kills him. Oh, wait, how does he kill him? I'm trying to remember, so remember now. So first of all, trying to fight with a chainsaw. Oh, that big would be yes. Hard. Yes, he, I he, remember, and I'll let you tell it. swinging the chain around that he finds. He finds a chain, wraps it around his neck, and drags him. There's a running chainsaw laying down, and he mm-hmm. drags him into it and drops him on top of the running chainsaw. Yes, And yes. the shot is from above, and it just shows him his back. And then below, just blood just starts exploding from yeah. him laying on and top of Yeah, and he's like, and he's like shuddering, and, and so, oh, ri- yeah, that's so ripping gross. ripping him apart. Yeah, great. That's so gross. Love and it. so they filmed that all in one night. Okay. And the director said it was, quote, straight up living hell <laughs> to shoot. I bet it was hard. Then Red goes into the church house. He yep. finds the old woman, and she's crying, and she gives him this speech about, like, basically she wants him to let her live, but she tells him she's an amazing lover. Yeah. Something about like I'll be on you like the waves on the shore right. and like it it's a really pretty good speech, but it it's ain't gonna weird. save her life, that's for sure. And they uh they fade out and they cut to Jeremiah and the old woman's head just lands at his feet. She just rolls her head in there, yep. Just whoop. Red comes in and Jeremiah monologues. He just goes off about how it's crazy. How he's amazing and blah right. blah blah and 
And um, Red tells him, the psychotic drowns where the mystic swims. You're drowning. I'm swimming. Mm, yeah, how about that? Which is uh, a variation of a quote from Joseph Campbell, who was a oh, mythologist. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Isn't, so, isn't he also saying at one point, like, you need to kneel before me because I'm I'm God or something. No one. Well, yeah. You well, and yeah. We'll get there in a second. So, but this is where I wanted to mention. This is why I think he had the tainted LSD that was given to the Black Skulls because his voice sounds like theirs now. Yeah, I did. Okay, you're right. Yep, he had that crazy like computerized, digitized voice. Yeah, he has the digitized like right. crazy growly voice now. Right. So Jeremiah, he cries. He rants about how powerful he is. He raves. He oh. just, he does everything. He begs. He says, I'll suck your dick. Like he everything. Does, he certainly does. And oh, then I guess he's hilarious. raving about, about God. And Red says, I'm your God now. <laughs> I don't know if I did that voice right. Uh, was, you probably need some, uh, some close, SFX in there. Close, but close enough. <laughs> but he, uh, he, then he grabs Jeremiah's head. Yeah, and he, he just, just squeezes oh my God, it. God just crushes his head, and his eyes start popping out. It's great. Yeah, just poof, yep. he just squeezes it. Yep. And then he lights him on fire. Sure does. And then he goes out and he sits in the car and he has his memories of Mandy, which is where that someone said that it. You see him wearing that shirt, that favorite shirt, mm-hmm. when they think is his fir- the first time he meets her. And then he drives off, and as he's driving off we get this like wide, really wide shot and the world looks like Mandy's art. Yeah. It's like a fire. Yeah. It looks yeah. like her art now, which is why I thought that like, which is why I kept saying post-apocalyptic because mm-hmm. I feel like the world looks more normal in the beginning when they're together. And then after she dies, the world around him starts looking more and more, for lack of a better word, fucked up. Like oh, yeah. more and more like, chaotic okay yeah chaotic and and post-apocalyptic and then at the end when he's like avenged her it looks like her sort of post-apocalyptic sci-fi art that she does well that's well done i think that's good i mean that's that should all those that art you know scenes should represent what he's Mm -hmm. what he's feeling or what he's going through sure yeah, I think that was a good piece. And then, so another thing, we were talking about the lighting being so great. Like yeah, the, crazy. The lighting is one of the best things in this whole movie. The lighting and the cool shots. Um, and this is the director's trademark. You know how the film looks sort of soft? Yeah. It, it looks a little bit soft focus and it all, like the and frame kind of looks... Supposed, m- yeah, it's supposed to look like an old Milky 80s, 80s almost. Kind of film, right? Sure. Well... It's called panaflares. It's Made by the Pan process LED. involves aiming small anti-LED lights right into the barrel of the lens hmm. to make everything look softer. Okay. In the lens. That's so I thought that was interesting. Sure, very. Um, yeah, I thought there's apparently that's Cosmo- Cosmatos's trademark as a director. Shot on film or a digital? I, that I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. To be honest. Interesting. But I think I mean I think it could be shot on digital and still look like that because sure. of the yeah, the lens. Of course. of course. Um picking up the flare of the light. So 
Yeah, and then, so Cosmatos also described it. He said it was a film about the death of his parents. Oh, okay. And Nick Cage, when they were filming, he had just had a long-time marriage end. So he said he used those emotions in the film. Mm, okay. So I think it's, I mean, obviously it's about loss because he loses his wife. But I think it's very much about, like, our reactions to losing people we love. Sure. You know, like, it's that, like external manifestation of how we feel inside when we lose people we love right right yeah i mean that that scene where he's in the bathroom and he's just like crushing that bottle of vodka and he's like just having a meltdown is i mean how would you handle something like that happening to you right i mean who, who, yeah, who oh knows? god that's, i don't even want to know i don't even want to think about it I mean, like how insane. i would handle that yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah it's not it's, just you no know, revenge and we don't think much of it. it almost has like a story to it and he he they make him you know like a real person yes yeah especially in the beginning i feel like mm-hmm. the beginning he is much more realistic and that scene you were talking about the part you, the part you were talking about where he's wearing that shirt again at the mm-hmm. very end don't they have a flash don't isn't that flashback scene back to some club they're in or something and he's sitting there and is that when they meet right isn't that when that happens I don't know if that's when they meet or not. I wasn't really sure, but I thought that's what this that person said that. So maybe that is what that is. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that that is what that is. It is you know what, what I mean. it is. Yeah, maybe that is what it was that they were meeting that first time in that club. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um so and then also Jeremiah, so we're talking about all these inspirations and all these um nods to other things, to sci fi and fantasy and yeah. and yeah. Dungeons and Dragons and and Joseph Campbell and things like that. So Jeremiah seems to take heavily from Charles Manson. Love Charles Manson. So we love Charlie right, they do here. they do drugs before they kill people. They sure do. They call their victims pigs. Yep. And go. he's a failed musician. Those are all things that check. Yep, those are all check marks for Charlie, for old Charlie, Uncle Charlie. All right. Yep, all check marks there. So <laughs> he yeah. seemed to be very inspired well, I mean, by what, him. What cult leader doesn't really follow kind of all those things anyway? Really, so they all kind of yeah. Follow the I same mean, deal. well, but they're not necessarily all going to call their victims pigs. They're not necessarily no. all no, going to be sure. failed musicians. So that's yeah. pretty. I think that's pretty Charlie Manson there. And the funny thing is, actually, Charlie Manson had some talent. He actually was a pretty he he could have been a musician if he wasn't insane, but um, yeah, yeah, didn't work out. Didn't work out for him. So yeah, did didn't quite work out. No, not so much. Hmm, <laughs> too bad. So, uh, yeah, what did you think? I when I first saw trailers and ads for it, I thought it was going to be like this just insane roller coaster ride of just mm-hmm. absurdity, basically. Which is fine. I was I was I was totally into that. Um, it wasn't all of that that I thought, and I, and I it it, it kind of moved very predictably. I think. Yeah, I I expected it to be a lot weirder. Right, like before I you know turned it on, I knew it was uh guy's wife gets killed, he gets revenge. Okay, cool. But they pretty much mm-hmm. just did that, and it didn't do anything to no twists or anything like weird out of it that I wasn't expecting or anything. So. I thought it was very cool. I mean, it was still very trippy. It was very, definitely weird. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, yeah. I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't as weird as I thought it would be. And I thought it was about an hour too long. 
Well, it's got to be at least an hour and a half, so it's only a half an hour. Well, ma- uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's, it's right at two hours. I, I don't know. I, it I, was too long is what it was. It was just too long It seemed for to go me. by quickly for me, but okay, fair enough. Uh, um, no, I thought it, but yeah, overall, I liked it, and it got very good reviews. People liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it got, it got great reviews, yeah. which I... I kind of thought were maybe a little better than it deserved, but well, I think because of the of the look of it and everything like that was what made it so. I mean, it, you yeah, put that in some other style and it really doesn't do much for you at all. And yeah, this was so atmospheric and just so out of the wor- out of this world. And apparently, people loved the score too. And it was by some. It was like the last score that some it wasn't bad um, yeah. Scandinavian uh, composer did. I loved it in the beginning when he's with Mandy. I felt like it was not hardcore enough once he started killing. Mm, okay. I felt like once he started killing people, should have been like, much more. They're making all these nods to to heavy metal. It right. needs to yeah, be yeah. heavy metal. Sure. Yep. That's that's fair. That's fair. Right. Like I wanted it to be, and and I'm not a huge heavy metal fan like my husband is, but like I wanted it to be more metal <laughs> like i wanted it yeah Especially i wanted it to be scandinavian like a, a scandinavian compo we, we, we talked about death metal from scandinavia earlier i mean come on right so yeah 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 no over, overall no it, it was definitely enjoyable it was what i thought um i thought there were some kind of humorous moments too which were cool which were good it's always nice to have that in there um yeah i liked it it was good okay so oh and i like the fact that you know oh. This director is probably taking stuff from these old, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons or fantasy yeah, yeah. stuff, which is not my thing. Like, I, I, I didn't get those references, but I think that's really cool that he did that. Yeah, the references were cool. Yeah, that, 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 that's very cool that he did, did that. And, okay, and, and it who... felt like an, an old 80s, like an, like an 80s movie, right? Like we yeah, talked it, about yeah, it House felt of the 80s. Devil being like that. It was kind of the same, the same thing. Yeah, it felt 80s yeah. for sure. Yeah, I good. think it was... It was strange enough that it it wasn't like House of the Devil where like they had all these specific like the right Coke cans and the right 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 this and the right that because it wasn't that type of movie It because it was more dreamy to begin with. But it definitely felt 80s in the style of filming and in the style of film and everything. Yes, definitely. Definitely well done on that. Okay, who would you be in this film? I'm going to try this one again because I think it's fun. Oh God! Who's your spirit animal for this film? Damn. I mean, it's way too obvious to say you'd be Nick Cage. That's that's kind of stupid. I have no. no but if I, that's who you feel like is your spirit animal, I have no idea. Because those other folks in the movie are rotten bastards. I don't want to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I feel like I the um the chemist for me. All right. I, I don't know. I honestly that never even crossed my mind when I was watching. Because he's like, because the chemist is a little goofy and he's fun and silly. I yeah, he's fun. I, I would think like the to. Chemist. Oh oh, you know what? Okay, well, no. I mean, the one thing I liked about the, the one guy that gets killed, he's he's waxing his car. Yeah, he's, ob- he's obviously a car guy. I'm definitely a car guy. So if I had to pick, maybe I'd be that guy. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. For, for, I can for, see for it. You'd be the car guy. Re- for that reason solely though, you know? Okay. No, that's the only reason you need. You don't need any more reason than that. I would like to have a giant chainsaw though, like that one guy did. That was pretty cool. That that chainsaw like I didn't know there were chainsaws that big. There are not. There can't be. That was made for the movie. There's no, I've never seen a chainsaw that big. <laughs> I don't ever. know though. Like there's there's some really maybe, big maybe trees there out is. there. Maybe there is. I don't know. I, I have never seen 
I've never been at Home Depot and seen like a 10-foot chainsaw, I can tell you No, that. me neither. <laughs> I feel like it would it would definitely be a special order. Yeah. That yeah. thing was crazy. But um, yeah, I have to remind myself to think now about who I'd be in these movies. So yeah, thank you for the reminder. Yeah, I want to start doing that because it's fun, I think. Yeah. All right. So, guys, thank you for going on this journey with us through this strange movie. Yeah. We would, again, as always, like to ask you if you had fun with us, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening, wherever you can, Facebook, whatever, so more people can find us. And send us your movie suggestions and your thoughts on the movies we've watched so far at thescarymovieproject at gmail.com. We've gotten a couple requests, so we're going to start doing some more requests here. Um... So, yeah, send them in and we'll make sure we get to yours. See ya. Farewell. The Scary Movie Project podcast is produced by Tara Garwood and Matt Lulich. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.